after service, things that's going on, what bills you got to pay next week. Just forget about all that for just the next few moments. And I promise you that God's going to touch you, that God's going to speak a word into your life tonight. Why don't you lift up your hands as Brother Brewer begin to come and lift up your voice as you're lifting up your hands and begin to thank God uh, for his word, begin to thank God for his presence. Uh, ask God to move in this place tonight. God, we worship Hallelujah. Let's keep praying all over the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His presence is here. That's the way. But let's cry out to him just a little bit more. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Man, well, it feels good to be in his house one more time. Hallelujah. There's nothing like feeling his presence and feeling his touch. Hallelujah. Once again, it's so good to be here in service with all of you wonderful people. Man, I appreciate the presence of the Lord. I feel, I appreciate the way that you worship. Amen. It feels good. I feel more comfortable with people that know how to worship. Amen. This is a great church. Amen. You know you're a part of a great church, right? And yes, you are. And we certainly miss Brother and Sister Dykes. And our prayers have been with them this week. And our hearts were saddened at the passing of dear Sister Cox, truly a legend in Pentecost, a giant in the faith, a hero of the faith, amazing lady. And she has gone on to see, receive her reward. Also, want to say how much I appreciate Brother Williams, such an anointed man of God. Amen. Appreciate him. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, and verse number 26. Deuteronomy 11, 26 through 28. It says, Behold, I set before you this day, a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. And a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. And then reading from Joshua, the 24th chapter and the 15th verse. It says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How about you? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. For the next few moments, I'm going to preach to you from this thought, blessings and curses, blessings and curses. If you could join up with a neighbor beside you, let's have a prayer meeting and ask the Lord to have his way in this service. Lord, we need you, Lord. I need your help. I pray you would anoint me, Lord. Put your words in my mouth that I could speak. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. That's the way. 
Hallelujah. Speak to us, Lord. Have your way in this house, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we can't do it without you, Lord. We're dependent on you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we clap to him one more time before we're seated? may be seated. And we've been given a choice. And we can choose between blessings and curses, light or darkness, the wisdom of God or the wisdom of man. Amen. The Bible or mainstream opinion. Spirituality or carnality? The narrow way or the broad way that leads to destruction? Life or death? Heaven or hell? Good or evil? And we've been given a choice. And we don't have to overcomplicate things. It's always really been a choice between just good and evil. There's always been that war going on, that back and forth, high things exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Man, and we're all in the war tonight. The day that you were born, you were drafted into the war. And so you've just got to pick a side. Are you going to choose to be obedient to the word of the Lord and walk in his blessings? Or are you going to walk contrary to his word and fall under the curse? Man, but we've been given the choice. We see this, it started in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God placed Adam and Eve in a beautiful garden. It was planted by the very hands of Almighty God. A perfect place. Everything that they had need of was in the garden. And let me just stop here and tell you, everything that you have need of is in the garden. And how many is thankful to be in the church? How many is thankful that God puts you in a church that he planted with his own hands? Hallelujah. Amen. God put them there with very clear but simple instructions. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 16 and 17 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So we see here the Lord blesses them. He puts them in the garden. And they can eat freely of every tree in the garden. And then he warns them of the curse. He says, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't touch that. In the day that you do, you'll die. So Adam and Eve are given the choice. And any time they wanted to walk out and pick a piece of fruit off of the tree, pick an apple off of the tree, I mean, they could go and eat freely. I mean, it was fruit that didn't have any soft spots. It was sweet. It was crisp. The worm hadn't gotten to it. It was the same with the peach tree and the banana tree and the orange tree and the pecan trees and on and on. They could eat freely from the goodness of God. And you know what Adam should have done after hearing the voice of the Lord? He should have went up immediately and put a barrier between him and what God said was a curse. He said, you know what? I heard the voice of the Lord, 
And I don't want to take a chance on messing up these blessings and the good things that God's done. So I'm going to put up a barrier. That way me and my family can't even get close to the curse. And don't ever despise the boundaries. Don't ever despise the safety barriers in the garden. Amen. Therefore, you're good. I mean, it's not to keep any good thing from you, but it's to keep you from the curse. Our standards and our separation from the world are not meant to deprive you. Amen. But they're meant to be a hedge of protection around you. Amen. But we know from reading the Bible that Adam and Eve didn't do that. Amen. But I believe, Brother Williams, they got too comfortable around the curse, too familiar with it, began to get too close to it. Amen. And the Bible says the serpent being more subtle than all of the other beasts of the field. Amen. He began to exalt himself against the knowledge of God. And did God say not eat of it? I mean, you're not going to die. God's just holding out on you. Man, it's not going what could be wrong with something that looks so good? It's not going to hurt you. Besides, it's going to make you wiser. Man, if you're hearing that voice, don't listen to that voice. Man, just because something looks good doesn't mean it's good for you. Amen. The serpent was appealing to their human reasoning, their human emotion. He got them to thinking, well, what, what could it hurt? What would be wrong with having a taste of it? Doesn't seem like there could be anything uh, that, that could hurt me or, or go wrong with it. I mean, what would it hurt if I trimmed the dead ends off of my hair? What would it hurt if I wore some eyeliner or makeup? Or, what would it hurt? What's the big deal? And when we begin to question everything that the pastor preaches, and every line that's drawn and every barrier that's drawn, and we begin to question the word of the Lord. Hey, the serpent is talking to you. Hey, gird up the loins of your mind. Resist the devil and he will flee. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, you know the story. The serpent convinces Eve to take a bite. And then she offers to her husband and he did eat. And so was the fall of man. And now God has to put Adam and Eve out of the garden. Man, I can just picture Adam and Eve sitting on the curb outside of the garden. Man, wondering how did we let ourselves get here. Still trying to comprehend what has happened as they sat there. And why in the world did we let this happen? I mean, I can see them on the curb with a bag of seeds and a pick. I mean, now they got to go and plant their own garden. No longer can they go and eat freely from the goodness of God, but they've got to go and plant their own garden. Amen. And I can just imagine that's when Adam began to realize how good he had it back in the garden. Amen. Don't let it take you being put out of the garden for you to realize how good you've got it. Hey, don't murmur and don't complain. Be thankful for the blessings of God. Don't hate the boundaries. Amen. Be thankful for the boundaries. They're for our good. And I can see Adam as he takes the pick and begins to till the earth for the first time. Amen. And the ground resisting his every move with rocks chipping and dust flying and 
sweat pouring down his head, rolling into his eyes as the sun beats unmercifully down on his back. I mean, he was getting a revelation of what the curse looked like. Amen. And can you imagine how Adam must have felt the day he had to get the shovel out to bury his son? Man, I know he had a revelation of what the curse looked like that day. And no doubt, Adam and Eve began to blame one another. And see, sin has all kinds of unintended consequences. Amen. you may uh, have a good marriage and you get involved in sin, and sin will ruin your marriage. It'll ruin your home. It'll ruin your family. Amen. the devil has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Amen. But I can imagine they began to blame one another. Eve, if you wouldn't have brought me that piece of fruit, we wouldn't be burying our son today. Amen. But you, you wouldn't listen. You brought me the fruit. And I can hear Eve as she answers back and says, yeah. And Adam, if you would have took a stand, if you would have put up a barrier for our family like you should have, you're the one that God spoke to directly. I wasn't even there. And you're the man of the house. But you wanted to be carnal. You didn't want to go to prayer meeting. You didn't want to take a stand unless it was something you cared about. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to take a stand as men. Amen. We've got to stand for what's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I wonder how many people are in our world tonight that have found themselves outside of the garden. Amen. Let the devil lure them out of the garden. Amen. They're looking back in, remembering how good it was, how blessed they were, and wishing they could somehow find their way back in. Amen. But now their family's destroyed, their home's destroyed. Amen. They've got all kinds of addictions and problems, addicted to drugs and alcohol. Amen. Wishing they could somehow get back in. Amen. Enslaved to sin. Amen. But I encourage you tonight, stay in the garden. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I wonder what it was that got a hold of Adam and Eve and caused them to be deceived. I mean, there's many other stories in the Bible. The Bible says that, that these stories are given to us for, our, for an example to us so that we wouldn't make the same mistakes. But I wonder what it was that got them to go against the word of the Lord. And I just have to go back to believing it was human reasoning. They just began to try to uh, think of it themselves, work it out in their minds. Amen. And sometimes maybe we don't understand everything. Maybe we don't understand why the lines are where they're at. I mean, maybe it seems the, the pastor's being too restrictive. I mean, maybe we don't understand exactly why God says not to do something. But we've just got to trust the Lord. We've just got to trust the Bible. This is the road map. I mean, it doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter how anybody feels. It's what says, what does the Bible say? That's what we've got to go by. And I have learned that in time, the wisdom of God can be revealed. Amen. It can be revealed to us, his wisdom. I mean, I remember a day really when Pentecostals really were seen as strange. I remember when I was much younger growing up, if somebody heard you didn't have a television, they act like you're from another planet. You know, and but now when I go into a mall or a Walmart or Sam's somewhere where there's uh, 
those sales people are trying to offer uh, TV services, they come up to you and ask you who your TV provider is. I just, not necessarily in a way of witnessing, but I'm just trying to save them their sales pitch. But when they come to me, I tell them, you know what, I've never owned a television and, and never will. And you know what the reaction, Brother Williams, I've got 100% of the time has been? It's I don't blame you. There's nothing good on there. Good for you. And these are the people trying to sell the stuff. <laughs> Amen. Amen. People know there's nothing good on television. I mean, if they've got an honest heart, I mean, you do have to have an honest heart. I mean, but it's a little easier to see the revelation today than it was maybe in the 1950s and 60s. I mean, when it was Andy Griffith and stuff that seemed innocent. Amen. But preachers like my grandfather being led by the Holy Ghost, knew to take a stand then. Amen. God had revealed to them this is a curse. Maybe they couldn't see it right then. Amen. But today, if you're halfway Christian, you can tell, amen, that Hollywood is a curse. Man, and why would anyone want to watch their shows and laugh at their comedy, watch their ball games? Amen. Hollywood doesn't represent one thing I believe in. Matter of fact, we're, we're complete opposites on everything. Hallelujah. They're greatly responsible for the demoralization of our world. Amen. And why would I want to watch the NFL or the NBA? Amen. Where people kneel down to the flag of the country that has paid them these ridiculous amounts of money to catch or throw a ball. Hallelujah. God hates idolatry. Idolatry is a curse. Amen. Many years ago, Bishop Holmes preached a message identifying the gods of this world. Amen. He preached about how uh, people are now worshiping the creature more than the creator, just as the Bible said they would do. And he identified the little gods. And so after hearing that message, it was undeniable. And his revelation became my revelation. And so I understood that, but many years later, I was reading through the Old Testament. I come across a scripture. Uh, God has given much of the Old Testament law to the children of Israel. And after he's given them a long list of things to do and to be careful for it, at the very end, he says, And in all these things I've said unto you, be circumspect, which means be cautious. Everything I've said unto you, be cautious. And then it said this, and mention not the names of other gods, neither let it be heard out of thy mouth. Now remember when I read that, it jumped off the pages at me. I mean, I'm, I just, I, the reaction I had was, wow. I knew you were serious about this, Lord, but I didn't know you was that serious. That you didn't even want their name mentioned. And see, I knew how it applied to me. I may not have been keeping up with them or watching them necessarily, but I could have a conversation about them. And I knew enough. I could carry a conversation. Oh, so-and-so runs a 4-2 in the 40-yard dash. And so-and-so's got a 50-inch vertical. Can make a three-pointer with blindfolded from the bleachers. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know what you're doing? You're praising them. And you've got a jealous God that's listening in. He said, I don't want you to even mention their names. Well, I'm just telling you how to get blessed. 
I'm just identifying blessings and curses. Hey, I don't want to be cursed. I want to be blessed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. And in a way, Pentecost has been vindicated, if it's okay to use that term. I know the word of God doesn't need to be vindicated. It doesn't matter what society thinks. I mean, his word is forever settled. Amen. But in a way, what we believe has been vindicated. We don't look as crazy as we used to look. Amen. It doesn't matter what society says or thinks. But I was thinking of a story many years ago. I was five years old and went to Dillard's department store with my grandmother. And she was shopping. So I remember a sales associate approached her and was helping her. And the lady was really nice. And so they, they struck up a conversation. And so it wasn't long I hear my grandmother begin to witness to this lady. And so she asked her, have you ever been to a Pentecostal church? And the lady said, no, I never have. She, oh, you are to come. You are to come to a Pentecostal. Have you ever, you can read about it in the book of Acts. Have you ever read the book of Acts? No, I've never read the book of Acts. Oh, you need to read the book of Acts. That's where the church got its start. And then she begins to uh, tell her, you know, we're living in the coming of the Lord. He could come any day, and we got to be ready. we got to be right with him. And this lady's nodding and smiling, being so nice. And then I hear my grandmother tell her, she said, those pants you have on are an abomination unto the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, you talk about embarrassed. Man, I was embarrassed. Even as a five-year-old boy, I, they had those round clothing racks with clothes all around them. I let go of her hand. I just began to walk backwards until I got into the center of those clothes, and they closed all around me. I just stayed there. I couldn't believe she told that lady that. And I could tell by the lady's facial expression I mean, that she was through. She wasn't no longer interested in making the sale. She wasn't. Uh, she had done already determined that my grandmother was a crazy old lady. I could tell that even as a young boy. But you know, it's like the Lord brought that lady back to my mind many years later, 30-something years later, brought her back to my mind. And I wonder if she could connect the dots. I wonder if she could see the wisdom of God in it. When now we live in a society where it's, it's actually promoted uh, for children to pick their own gender. It's promoted. How many genders are there? Well, who can say how many genders there are? Man, and you just wonder if she could, she could see it now. If she could see the wisdom of God in it now. When God said, men are just going to wear what pertains to a man. Women will wear that which pertains to a woman. Men will get a haircut and women won't cut their hair. We're just going to preserve our identity. Well, maybe this is just a defense of what we believe as Pentecostals. Amen. But I feel like defending the truth right in the devil's face. Hallelujah. We're still apostolic, aren't we? We still believe the Bible, don't we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't feel crazy. I think the world is crazy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord if you believe the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not ashamed of our ladies and their long hair. I'm not ashamed of their dresses. 
Well, hallelujah. The world are to be ashamed. Amen. I see holiness not as a curse, but I see holiness as a great blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, I wonder how many people have seen this glorious truth. Amen. But they missed out on the blessing of this great salvation because they just saw it as a life that's too restrictive. There's just too much you got to give up. There's just too many things you can't do. They, they can't see the great treasure that's in the field. They just, oh, there's too much you got to give up. I, I like what you feel when you go to church. I like the joy you have. I like the peace you have. I like the power. I like the singing. I like the music. I like the shout. I like the liberty. But you just got to give up too much. There's so much you can't do. It's such a burden. Man, you know how you answer that? What burden? What burden are you talking about? You talking about having peace like a river? Is that the burden you're talking about? Are you talking about having joy unspeakable and full of glory? Is that the burden you're talking about? Hey, it's not a burden to live for the Lord. It's a joy. There is no burden. Hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, it's a joy to live for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. What are we going to do? Are we going to choose truth or false doctrine? Are we going to preach something that's more convenient to the flesh? Oh, you don't have to speak in tongues to get the, uh, to be in, saved. You you don't have to do that. We're, we're making it a wider door. Hey, there's only one door. Amen. There's only one truth. Amen. It's Acts 2.38, salvation. Hallelujah. And Galatians 1 and 8 says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Amen. It's a curse to preach anything other than Acts 2.38. Hallelujah. Well, we got any believers in the house? Let me tell you, it's a blessing to pay your tithes. How could that be a blessing? It's a net loss. Amen. Well, the Bible says, the Lord, you pay your tithes and he will open the windows of heaven. And pour. can you imagine the windows of heaven getting opened in your life? You just ought to try paying your tithes and watch God pour out his blessings on you. And then he said, I would stand between you and the devourer. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's a blessing to pay your tithes. Amen. I'm hurrying along. Amen. When you are living under God's umbrella of blessings, amen, you don't have to fear the devil. Amen. You don't have to fear the enemy. Nobody can curse you when you're living under the umbrella of God's blessings. Amen. God's promise to Abraham which we are heirs to the promise given to Abraham, is found in Genesis 12, verse number 2. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I mean, you ain't got to worry about the devil. Amen. You ain't got to worry about the enemy. You ain't got to worry about the government. 
Amen. If God has blessed you, no man can curse you. Amen. We see this with the king of the Moabites, Balak. Amen. Balak had been seeing how the people of God were so blessed, how they were growing in number. He saw what they'd done to the Amorites. Amen. And fear gripped his heart. Amen. You know you can be so blessed the enemy's afraid of you. Amen. But fear gripped his heart. And so he got with the elders. He said, we've got to have an emergency meeting. Amen. These people... They're going to walk through us. It says it's, they're going to lick us up like an ox licks up the grass. Amen. They're going to mow us over. We got to do something. We got to do something quick. So they uh, get some ambassadors together, take some money, and they go to Balaam, the prophet. Say, hey, we need you to come and curse these people. They're too blessed. Amen. And so he says, well, just spend the night, and, and I'll give you an answer in the morning. Man, the Lord speaks to him and says, hey, you, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Man, so he tells them, you can go back home. I can't, the Lord told me I can't go with you. So they go back home to Balak. And Balak, no doubt, was upset with them. said, man, y'all just dropped the ball. I'm going to have to get some more important people to go. Y'all must have not stressed to him enough we was going to pay him and take good care of him. So he sends another group of more important ambassadors to Balaam. And when they go before Balaam the second time, and the Lord tells him, you can go. You can go with them, but you say what I tell you to say. So Balaam goes on his way, riding his donkey. Man, and, and you know the story. An angel of the Lord stands in front of him. Balaam can't see it. The donkey sees it, won't go forward. Balaam beats his donkey, has an argument with his donkey. But uh, the angel of the Lord finally opens Balaam's eyes and he can see. He said, oh, I have sinned. And you want me to go back home? And the angel of the Lord said, no, you can go ahead and go. But you say what the Lord has for you to say. Now, I'm not a theologian. I mean, I'm not a Bible scholar necessarily, but... My, my feeling is the Lord had told him he could go and then had that angel stand there one more time just to remind him because he may have got his mind on the money they're paying him. You know what? I may say something favorable to them. They are paying me. Amen. But the Lord sent him a reminder one more time. said, hey, you say what I tell you to say. I'm the one running this, Balaam. Amen. So when he gets there, amen, he... Make sacrifices before the Lord. And this is what he said. Balak, the king of Moab, hath brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come, curse me, Jacob, and come defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know if I'll be able to make it through this, reading it without having the Holy Ghost fit. How shall I defy whom the Lord hath not defied? For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone, and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, and the number of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be like his. Amen. The devil couldn't curse you if he wanted to. Hallelujah, when God's going to bless you. Amen. And Balak said, 
to Balaam. Hey, what have you done to me? I brought you here to curse my enemies, but you've done nothing but bless them. What are you doing? So they decide, hey, we'll try this again. So they make some more sacrifices. And this is what Balaam said the second time. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hey, if the Lord tells you he's going to do something, you can just take it to the bank. Amen. His word is good. Or hath he spoken, and shall not make it good? Behold, I have received a commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Hey, ain't nothing I can do for you. God's decided he's going to bless them. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord, is his God, is with him, and the shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of an unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What hath God wrought? Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion, and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of the slain. Amen. Now, Balak is about to have a heart attack. He said, hold up. Don't curse them. Don't bless them. Just don't say anything if you can't curse them. <laughs> Amen. But God was in control. Amen. God was speaking these blessings over his people. Amen. So they decide to try it one more time. Maybe, it'll Maybe you can curse them if you go over there in a different place and try to curse them. And this is what he said. And I'll skip down a little bit for the sake of time. It says, how goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. As the valleys are they spread forth, as gardens by the river's side, as the tree of Linda aloes which the Lord hath planted, and as cedar trees beside the waters. He shall pour the water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. He couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesseth thee, and curseth, cursed is he that curseth thee. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Balak's anger was so bad that he hit his hands together. He said, I called you to curse mine enemies. And behold, all together bless them three times. I called you to curse my enemies. You can come to the music. Amen. And all, all you've done ever since you got here was bless them. I've come to remind you, if you're walking in his blessings, I mean, if you're keeping his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, Hey, you're living in blessings. You're living in abundance. Hey, Amen. The enemy would have you believe, hey, we can't have revival. Hey, Amen. The devil's a liar. You can have revival. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. It doesn't matter what the economy does. It doesn't matter what the interest rate does. It doesn't matter who's in a political place of power. Hey, Amen. We're not looking to them for help. God is our help and God is our strength. Hey, Amen. Amen. And God will have you walk through like an ox walking through the grass. 
I mean, you can lick up your adversary like an ox licks up the grass. I mean, you don't think it's hard for an ox to eat grass, do you? I mean, it's not hard for you to be an overcomer. You, have, you were born to be an overcomer. You were born to have victory. I mean, why don't we stand all over the house? Hey Amen. who is it that's on the Lord's side? We got anybody that's on the Lord's side? If you're on the Lord's side, why don't you just wave your hand a little bit? And why don't you wave your hand? Let the Lord see. Let him notice that you're on his side. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the altar's open. Let's worship him. Let's praise him. Amen. Who's on the Lord's side? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's begin to worship him. Amen. Come on down toward the front. Hallelujah. Who's going to be on the Lord's side? Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm on the Lord's side. Hallelujah. I'm on the side of victory. I'm on the side of great blessing.